0: Everybody, welcome back to the Silver Bullets Podcast. I am Michael Citro. And I'm Chip minnick And Chip, here we are in our June off-season podcast. That means just July. And then we're back in August for a weekly show again. Can't wait. I mean, it, it's
1: getting closer and closer. Uh, you know, obviously, like there's there's a lot of activity, not the same thing as like the like you said, the the weekly activity, but Getting excited about talking about what's actually going on on the field for Ohio State.
0: Seems like that 2023 Ohio State season is getting closer and closer.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Next thing you know, we'll be talking about you know like the the players, you know who's who's starting to to truly represent themselves well when uh, you know fall camp begins
0: in August. Well, I mean, come on, at our age, before you know it, we're gonna be saying, I can't believe the season's almost up.
1: I know, I know. That's the thing. Like, I it's, you know, like we always we joke about it, but it's true is that every year, every, every year, year it's like, okay, you know, we we you know, like as long as we've been doing this podcast, we kind of always joke about like, hey, you don't know, enjoy it while it lasts, because the next thing you know, like we're kind of back to the 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 doldrums of okay, you know, like there's no Ohio State football to actually contemplate and and discuss
0: Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah so let's enjoy our time together as we talk about Ohio State we're going to talk about the schedule in the upcoming years a little bit we're going to talk about opponents in 24-25 but I want to i want to start with the early game kickoffs announced and I want to start with the 2023 schedule chip because as I looked at the calendar I thought uh, contemplating making a trip back to Ohio and I was looking at possible dates and things like that and i I noticed a a time frame that would work well for me. And I looked and see what is the opponent that week. Maybe I could take in a game and chip it's Youngstown state. That's not very enticing.
1: It's not. um, I would be remiss if I didn't say like the, the non-conference schedule home games um, are, are pretty bleak. Um, You know, like it basically, you know, like, yeah, Youngstown state at, uh, it's been announced for the September 9th home opener, mm-hmm. um, Youngstown State, 12 p.m. on Big Ten Network. Um, basically, if I had my way, if I had a magic wand or like the power of college football czar that I've secretly harbored and hoped for, um, this game would never happen. Ohio State would never play against an FCS opponent. But, yeah, that is the the season uh, home opener for Ohio State, a 12 p.m. game against Jim Tressel's former team um, that they took care of quite handily back when Jim Tressel was Ohio State's head coach.
0: Yeah, it's a noon kickoff, but it's not a big nude Saturday. No, no. Um, I can't really
1: take shots at uh, Fox for bypassing that one. No, no, no. You
0: <laughs> no. And oh. it's the the way that ticket costs have skyrocketed. It just doesn't seem like a good weekend to be in Columbus for a game when that's your choice and spend a lot of money to watch what I guess, unless you like to watch the younger players that are going to be playing in the second and third quarters and, and then the walk-ons in the fourth quarter, but this is not a game that should be competitive for very long.
1: No, I mean, I'm not, I'm not the gambling type. Um, but when it comes to, I think Vegas hasn't even, um, Allow like odds. I, I I mean I'm being completely serious. Like because of the fact that like it's it's a difference in divisions. You know the fact like FBS versus FCS. I mm-hmm. don't think they, that they put odds down. But I mean this is the kind of thing I think you summarize it very very well. Youngstown State. You know traditionally they're they're a decent FCS opponent, mm-hmm. but honestly this I mean Ohio State should have this game well in hand. I mean, I it it wouldn't surprise me like midway through the second quarter, you yeah. know what I mean? Like it's that kind of a talent disparity, and I I know that Ryan Day is not the type to try to run up the score, but I just think, all right, realistically, this is as you as you said, it's like okay, let's give the backups, let's give the, um, you know, here's an opportunity for the for the freshmen, even the freshmen who are going to be eventually redshirted. Mm -hmm. Um, this is a prime opportunity for them to play and okay, let's keep our starters fresh and get them back on the bench. And, you know, we'll, we'll just kind of see how everything progresses from there.
0: Yeah. And nothing against the penguins. They got a good program there. It's just not the, this is a a game where you could see 70 points scored by Ohio. Easily, easily. And and we have in the past, we've seen that, uh, that happen in the past. It's a, Twelve o'clock kickoff, as you mentioned on the ninth. That's the home opener. That comes um, a week after uh, Ohio State goes to Indiana and plays at three thirty on CBS for the season opener. So by then, um, Kyle McCord or Devin Brown, whoever's running the offense, should have a pretty good handle on things and haven't been through the, you know, through a, a conference game. And then the week after Youngstown State, still not a good time for me to come up because Western Kentucky at four o'clock on Fox doesn't seem that much more fun. Well,
1: in defense of Western Kentucky, and I'm going to put up a limited defense is that at least I think this might be a little bit more entertaining in the sense that Western Kentucky traditionally likes to throw the ball around. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's, that's, that's the extent of my defense of Western Kentucky. I, you know, like I, I agree. I think like a 4 p.m pick off on fox um this is the kind of game similar to young sound state where i think all right you you're, you're going to be able to i don't want to say overconfidently but i i feel comfortable saying you're going to be able to rest your starters mm-hmm. um well you know like well before this game is done
0: yeah fairly prolific offensive team but um so when you when you mention you're putting up a limited defense I immediately thought that's probably what the game will be a little bit like.
1: Yeah, well, <laughs> that's the thing like we have to we have to think optimistically about Ohio State defensively that they are going to be improved from what we saw the last mm. two games of the 2022 season. Uh, you know, the, the fact that you know going into it that you're facing an opponent in Western Kentucky that again is predominantly going to be throwing the throwing the ball through the air mm. um, you know, so here's an opportunity to be rotating defensive linemen and you know secondary players and making sure everyone stays healthy and fresh and okay you know like let's let's look at it optimistically
0: yeah it's one of those games where you might see if western Kentucky gets the ball first maybe they can score first and then when that score flashes around the country people go (laughs) oh
1: well a a couple years ago I mean think about uh, more than a couple years ago it's scary to think about um four years ago um when Miami of Ohio was playing at Ohio state and they actually scored first against Ohio state. And not that I, I don't think that it was ever any concern, but it was okay. At one point Miami of Ohio was leading before Ohio state bludgeoned them by 70 points. (laughs) Um, So it's, 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 and now in, in, again, I think Western Kentucky is better. Um, than Miami of Ohio, I think the fact I mean, like they I believe that they won eight games last year. And like I said, I think, that you know, earlier, I think the fact that they like to throw the ball around might make it a little bit more entertaining. Mm-hmm. But but I, I think at some point, OK, Ohio State's superior talent advantage will show up and the Buckeyes should dominate this one as well.
0: Yep. A week later, the Buckeyes are back on the road. They go to Notre Dame. That's a night game. On NBC, so that's a big uh, prime time, nationally televised game. Not sure what the uh, Notre Dame team is going to look like this year. They they certainly weren't that great last year, um, but um, they will have athletes. So that that in their place at night with a good atmosphere, that could be a problematic game. It could be,
1: you know, when you when you think about the fact that Notre Dame, like you said, they they. You know, Ohio State had the advantage of, okay, home field, first game of the season, not knowing, okay, how are they going to do under Marcus Freeman first game as like officially as the head coach, you know, Ohio State had their their challenges and struggles, but, you know, like they seem to take control of that game, you know, by the end, you know, this one, you know, I, I'm kind of speaking for myself. Um, You know, looking at the fact that, as you said, Ohio State opens up on the road at Indiana. Um, They have Youngstown State. They have Western Kentucky. By game four, I think my hope as a fan is Ohio State offensively has figured out, Okay, what do they do well and what what do they have challenges with and that they will be well prepared for any and all defensive challenges that Notre Dame may try to throw at them. Because mm-hmm. again, being a night game on NBC type, um, you know, like they that, you know, with, with Notre Dame, you know, again, like this is the kind of thing where it's like, they, they pretty much, they know that they need to win this game in order to be in the, the national conversation for the, for the, for the playoff. Mm -hmm. You know, Ohio state has the advantage of, okay, this is a non-conference game. It doesn't hurt them as much if they were to stumble. So I think it means more for Notre Dame for sure.
0: Yeah. And especially if Notre Dame's good, then stumbling won't be looked upon as, as, as big a deal. This will be the first time in that kind of an environment for whoever wins the starting quarterback job for Ohio state. So that will be a challenge for them to see how they handle that situation where they're, you know the the crowd's a little more raucous than normal. You're on the big stage, um, comes with a little bit more pressure than some of those first few games.
1: Right. I mean, you know the fact that, as you said at the the, the very uh, first game of the season, Ohio State is at Indiana. Um, the a good thing for Ohio State is, like you said, you know, like they're they're breaking in a new quarterback. No matter if it's you know Kyle McCord or Devin Brown. You know, you're gonna you're gonna have those challenges and you have to figure, all right, at Indiana, Tom Allen is starting to feel I don't want to say considerable heat, but he's starting to the temperature's starting to rise. Um, in terms of all right, people are, are starting to become dissatisfied with the product on the field. So, you know, Indiana, I would expect to try to be creative defensively, causing some, I don't want to say some some challenges, but you know, some things that Ohio State quarterbacks you're going to have to be concerned about um, or be prepared for. So um, by game four, you know, let's hope no matter who is the quarterback, I think that they're, they're well-prepared for whatever, you know, Marcus Freeman uh, decides to decides to concoct against the Buckeyes. Yeah.
0: The next five games, we don't have a kickoff time uh, for yet chip. we got Maryland at home on October 7th, uh, October 14th, a trip to Purdue why is purdue i don't know i don't have an answer (laughs) to that question penn state at home on october 21st and trip to madison wisconsin to play luke fickle on october 28th and then november 4th piscataway new jersey here they come to play rutgers this uh This ends then, or I'm sorry, a sixth game, uh, or uh, that ends a run of of the ones that are TBA. Then Michigan State at home on November 11th. We know that's a 7.30 night game. We know that Ohio State's not very happy about it, but uh, they're dealing with it for this year. And, uh, And then in November 18th, we welcome the Minnesota Golden Gophers to Columbus. And then we've got the noon, big nude kickoff for the game on November 25th. And you know looking at this if I were buying season tickets every year chip at Ohio State this is a bad season ticket to have this this is not a great home slate you've got Youngstown State, Western Kentucky, Maryland, Penn State okay. Then Michigan State, eh, Minnesota and that's it. That's what you get this year.
1: Oh yeah, and you know I I'm just going to I'm just going to use a clumsy analogy just knowing that the big music fan that you are okay you know like basically like all right you know that if you step out of line you know like when you're trying to buy tickets you know for for like concerts or whatever it's like okay you know like you don't you don't want to go all the way to the back of the line Mm -hmm. and that's basically what you know like that's kind of what ohio state season ticket holders are told to do for 2023 is that okay yeah i know this is you know very unappetizing but you know this is what you have to deal with i will tell you that um you know the penn state game it you know is pretty much all right give me that and the rest of them i might be making some you know generous donations if you will to you know like to to, to people that have never been to a high state game honestly there's nothing really exciting about that that home slate um, you know, when it comes to, you know, like even the, you know, we, we were discussing the, the non-conference opponents, Maryland, um, you know, yeah, they gave Ohio state a good run for their money last year in November at Maryland, but every time they'd come to Columbus, Ohio state's had their way with them. So that's incidentally, that's the homecoming game. It um, hasn't, there has been no official kickoff time, but It will be if you want to follow this logic. It will be either 12 p.m., 3:30 p.m., or 4 o'clock p.m. That is that. Those are your those are your three options for the kickoff. There is not going to be a night game against Maryland on October 7th. That's kind of what the 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 networks have announced, and Ohio State has announced. Um, It will be one of those 10-day announcements that we we get used to as the season progresses.
0: Yeah, I mean, hopefully, you know, maybe some of these teams have exciting seasons and make this schedule a little bit better than it looks here in June as we record this. But um Michigan State and Minnesota are are certainly taking a backseat to Penn State on the home schedule. Maryland's not doesn't excite anybody. And Western Kentucky and Youngstown State aren't exciting anybody either. This is this is a, a bad year to have home. If this was the first year you've ever had home season tickets. You're not getting the full experience.
1: No, not at all. I mean, and I, I mean, like as much respect traditionally as I have for Michigan State, that November 11th game, you know, a 7.30 p.m. kickoff. Okay. Michigan State, as as you already know, and our listeners already know, Michigan State really struggled last year. I can't imagine sitting through what I, will. I, again, I, I, I hold the the right to to be proven wrong um it could be number 1 extremely cold cuz at that time of year like last year when ohio state played indiana around roughly the same time it was about 30 degrees during the day um so you're looking at a probable you know you know like 30 something degree day you know against secondly an, an opponent that you know might not be that good at 7:30 at night so uh, that might be that might be tough sledding.
0: Yeah, twenty twenty four chip. We uh yes. we remind folks that it's a it's a dog non conference schedule. Southern Miss, Western Michigan, and Marshall on our August thirty first, September seventh, and September twenty first, respectively. Um, but we know that the home schedule will be better in terms of the uh, conference games. What do you uh, what do you want to discuss here about 2024, Chip?
1: Well, the, the the great thing, in my opinion, is that the Big Ten did not try to force the issue with the whole idea of with rivalries. Um, and what I mean by that, and this is meant with as much respect as I can possibly give for all of the, the new members that that have come on board the big 10 or will be coming on board is there were, I don't want to say rumors. Cause it was definitely, there were, there were many different options being discussed in terms of, you know, like having each team have like, you know, like two or three you know protected rivalries. Instead mm-hmm. what the big 10 has implemented is basically what they refer to as like a flexible protect plus model, which, which means, certain teams are going to have so many uh protected rivalries and other teams may not have nearly as many. So for example, Iowa has three protected rivalries. Ohio State, since we're an Ohio State oriented podcast, Ohio State said, you know, like the only team that we truly really want to play week in or me, weekend, uh year in, year out, um year in, year out is we want to play Michigan every year and the Big Ten respected that, Penn State has none. Um, you know, like USC, UCLA are going to play each other. Rutgers and Maryland are going to play each other. Instead of trying to continually try to force, like, oh, like this big rivalry game that, quite frankly, is not there. I think that's probably the, the best thing that I can say about the 2024 and 2025 schedules that we've seen.
0: So no special dispensation for the Illabuck no no but hey 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 the we get the illabuck we get a
1: continuation of the illabuck in 2024 and 2025 in for example in 2024 ohio state does does host illinois and then they go on the road to illinois illinois is one of the the teams that ohio state will be playing along with michigan and for some strange quirk um playing northwestern um in 2024 and 2025. Um, But they will be rotating among other big 10 opponents in those two seasons.
0: And they've, I'm assuming I haven't delved into this as as deeply as you have that the big trophy games around the conference are going to stay. They're going to be correct. Land of Lincoln Hat and all that stuff.
1: Yes. Like the, the guaranteed, the guaranteed protected games are going to be Illinois-Northwestern, Illinois-Purdue, Indiana-Purdue. So, again, like the traditional game that they play at the end of the year. As Mm -hmm. I said earlier, Iowa, they have three protected rivalries. They have Minnesota, Nebraska, Wisconsin. As I said, Maryland and Rutgers will play. Michigan has two protected rivalries, not only against Ohio State, but against Michigan State. Mm -hmm. Uh, minnesota We'll still get to play Wisconsin and UCLA and UC- USC. Everything else is basically the other two opponents for every team within the Big Ten will change every two years. Now, keep in mind, this is this is basically just for the next two years. They might look at this after, I'm just speculating here, after the 2024 season and say, you know something, we need to revamp this again. Um, But by doing it this way, I think they were being respectful of the certain teams or certain member institutions like Iowa or Minnesota that were very adamant. Like, hey, we need to have like X number of rivalry games. I think by the same token, like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to give some props to Penn State. I would have figured that Penn State would have said like, hey, like we consider Ohio State our rival Penn State did not do that. Penn State basically, I think I'm just speculating here for the good of the Big 10, said, you know something, we'll we'll play anyone, you know, within the conference every 2 years and, you know, instead of, you know, making a, a hard case for, you know, for playing Ohio State every year, um because I'm I'm sure that like Rutgers and Maryland say, "Well, we want to play Penn State every year." I think I, I think there was a lot of just like the name sounds the the Flex Protect model gave um, you know Ohio State as well as the other member institutions um, some some great variety, and we'll see you know a lot more of the teams over uh, the next few years if this this Flex uh, Flex Protect model stands uh, beyond twenty twenty four and twenty twenty five.
0: Yeah, and they'll we'll have to also do some uh, some revamping if more teams are added to the conference and that kind of thing as well. Right. Well, that's the thing. I think um, one
1: of the things that kind of started to come out about this is that they were trying to be respectful of everybody in terms of the amount of travel that teams have, because let's face it, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about, okay, a, you know, a truly national conference, um, you know, in the sense like when you go from Rutgers in New Jersey all the way to California with the the two teams in USC and UCLA, um, you know, that, all right, well, who wants to be, you know, having to go, you know, like, even if it was like every other year, um, you know, like the idea that, okay, we're going to, we're going to be try to be as accommodating as possible. Like I'm just looking right now, um, you know, when it comes to, you know, like UCLA, for example, some of the games that they will have to travel to uh, their first, First year in the conference, they they get to travel to Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, and Rutgers. Um, Ohio State is going to be one of those teams that's going to come out to them. Um, Minnesota, Nebraska, Northwestern. Obviously, USC, it's not that far. Uh, the following year, UCLA, they have to travel to Illinois, Michigan State, Nebraska, Penn State, and then they still get USC, um, cross-town rivals. So
0: it's going to be interesting, to say the least. Now, is the Big Ten employing something similar in other sports for the the scheduling?
1: That has not been divulged yet. I mean, it's the kind of thing where they, they announced just every team knows who they will be playing for football. They don't know when they will be playing. That has not been announced. They have not necessarily like the game dates for 2024 will be announced later this year, like probably October. That's when Ohio State, excuse me, when the Big Ten uh, announced their twenty twenty three schedule. I remember Gene Smith making a comment along those lines about um, that. That was kind of like the goal. Um, there's a lot of you know some a lot of things that still have to be figured out because this is going to be the first year twenty twenty four where there are no there there are no divisions. So. Even the tie-breaking procedures associated to, okay, well, how are you going to determine which are the top two teams that are going to be playing for the Big Ten championship? That has not been announced yet. So mm-hmm. there's still a lot of things being, I mean, I mean, again, it sounds, you know, it's still very fuzzy and confusing. But the reality is, I think they wanted to get something out there for for the fans and for the for the general public to have an idea in terms of what the expectations would be when the 2024 season with USC, with UCLA, when that kicks off. In my humble estimation, I think what the goal was is to try to be as, as accommodating to everybody within the the traditional Big Ten conference in terms of rivalries and things that they want. And I think the Big Ten... Conference as a whole. I think the ulterior motive that they are not publicly saying, I'm just, I'm just, this is my speculation is it's basically, it's like, hey, we want to get as many of our teams in that 12 team, you know, college football playoff system as possible. And if this allows for that, that's great.
0: All right. Well, I've got uh, some thoughts on that as well. We're going to, we have a few more things to talk about before we get to those. Let's take a quick break. We're going to get to those topics right after this. And we're back, Chip, and getting uh, back to the topic of having opportunities to make the college football playoff. Are we going to see the Big Ten adopt the SEC model of don't play anybody because your conference is important and just play a bunch of. Junkie teams and non-conference schedule. Uh, the reason I bring this up is because when we look down the line in the, and we see the 2025 season, you see the Texas Longhorns on the schedule. Not that Texas has been like a you know, world beaters the last several years, but uh, Texas and UConn are the teams that are are already known for that season. But is there any incentive in playing, you know, Power Five conference teams from other conferences if if the goal is just to get to a certain number of wins and get in that top 12 that's an excellent question
1: i mean like the i will say that the not that it has any influence on this but like the national from you know i i would just say that i think like the the national perception of what the big 10 schedule looks like with for 2024 versus what the sec is doing you know the the Big 10 was was being lauded and praised for being you know aggressive and and okay we're going to play nine conference opponents versus like what the the SEC is doing for eight um as far as non-conference opponents i would hope that a strength of schedule component is involved in the the college football playoff committee in their deliberations. I mean like that's basically it's like I think that there should be credit given to playing a team like and again, you know, we're biased, but Ohio State playing against Texas as you said in 2025 and then playing the other games on their schedule such as okay, they're welcoming in USC. They have to go on the road to Michigan and and you know, again, I'm just I'm just those are just some of the things off the top of my head that that should be given credit versus, you know, like something that should be held against them. Like, okay, like playing the Citadel, for example, in, in week 10 or 11, whatever it is. So it hasn't been officially announced yet, but I think that there's a strong push to try to encourage the SEC to, as well as, you know, like to try to, um, you know, I, I guess you could say other conferences to try and follow the big 10's lead with, you know, playing quality opponents in your non-conference schedule, no matter how many games you play
0: in conference. What do you think about the prospects of the Texas game being canceled?
1: I'm, I'm holding out hope. Um, You know, the fact that,
0: you know, that it doesn't get canceled, right?
1: Right. I'm, I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm holding out hope. I'm sorry that, that it, that it's going to, it's going to stay on the, I'm, I'm holding out hope that the games down the road beyond Texas, like, alabama and georgia you know like that are you know that are you know several years from now that they will still come to pass because again i think it's the kind of thing where obviously yeah you know you want to be one of those teams that is in the 12 team playoff but um, by the fact that you go on the road yeah you know i i don't want ohio state to lose any games but I, it's not as bad as okay. I, I think when you go on the road and you know if you if you stub your toe against a quality opponent versus all right, well, I mean I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mince words. You know I I really I, I even wrote an article kind of about this you know for for land grant holy land. I don't think that Youngstown State game should ever have been scheduled. I mean, it, it's just basically it's it's in terms of the quality of opponent, um, the, the cost, you know, of the tickets, all those kind of things. I I just think it's you're doing a disservice to the fans and to the programs, you know, like having those kind of games. Mm-hmm.
0: I have an idea for scheduling, Chip. I'm going to run it by you. Maybe uh, okay maybe if you like it. Maybe we'll get to groundswell of support. So, why not do it like the FA Cup, where you draw? who your opponent is and where you play them. Okay. So every year you kind of have these, you know, it kind of builds excitement. It's like you have the draw, you win the game, and then you have the, the net draw for the next round. And in this case, you'd have win or loss. You'd, you'd still have that draw. It's like, okay, well, now who are they playing? Well, now they're playing Penn State. And then you draw, okay, they're playing Penn State in Happy Valley. And then you play that game and you, you have another drawing. Okay, who's who, who are they playing now? Oh, the Buckeyes are going to host Wisconsin. You know, it's 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 obviously going to require a little bit more flexibility and, and travel for the teams, but I think it could be an exciting thing that could work.
1: I definitely do. I mean, I, I think something has to be done when let's face it, um you know, like is you know, we we joke about um you know it doesn't matter, you know, when it comes to Ohio State or you know, any team, like, okay, you know, like, oh my gosh, you know, like when we look at I, you know, like the fact that I merely said like, okay, like the Citadel, you know, like being on like SEC, you know, I don't, I mean, you can, you can name like Alabama or any other SEC team or a be, or somebody, there like you name. go. Yeah. Right. Um, I just think by and large, there should be some kind of, you know, cause I wrote, like I said, you know, like back in the middle of May, the land grant Holy land, if I, if I had my way it would be, okay, you would have obviously like the nine conference game opponents, that's kind of like standard. And then, you know, like I would have no problem with the, like the very first game of the season, just thinking economically for Ohio, like, okay, if you want to try and boost uh, the, the the respective teams within Ohio that, you know, like Mac teams, like, okay, maybe you want to play against a Mac team. Um, in game one, you know, like it's a boost economically for those teams to have them come in by the same token. I think like another good thing that they, that Ohio State could do would possibly be playing against teams that are geographically close to Ohio State. So that could be, even though you know it, it doesn't seem, you know, that scintillating, like the idea of like, okay, you're playing Cincinnati because again, now that they're gonna be in the big 12, playing against Pittsburgh, playing against West Virginia. Those kind of teams like that just fosters, I think, greater enthusiasm overall. Um, but I, I think you're on to something. I think that they they need to come up with some kind of a better scheduling model all across the board for college football because there's complaints about oh, like people aren't, you know, the t- the tickets aren't being sold and fans aren't staying. And you know, like I, I remember Nick Saban, you know, kind of complaining about the student body. Well, look at what you're giving them. You know, like I don't want to, you know, like I don't want to see Alabama slaughter Marist or the Citadel by seventy points. I don't want to see Ohio State do the same thing to Youngstown State. Yeah. You know, quit, quit serving up, you know, bad, you know, bad opponents, and think that Ohio that that Ohio State fans or college football fans in general want to pay top dollar for that.
0: Yeah. I um, when I was a kid, quick side note, I always thought Ohio State should play Ohio University in the first game every season. Well,
1: good point. Um, We are going to, the very first weekend of the college football season, we are going to have a Miami at Miami contest. Um, The Miami Red Hawks, I had to catch myself there. Yes, Miami Red Hawks will be traveling to play the Miami Hurricanes. So you will truly have, you know, thing where like Miami ball at the Miami, whatever, you know, like, you know, like those kind of uh, content comments, I should say, uh, throughout that contest, uh, that, that first weekend of the couch football season,
0: I think the hurricanes should come up North.
1: Well, couch football playoff. That's kind of what we're all all hoping for is that we're going to be possibly seeing if Ohio state doesn't win the big 10, um, that you might be seeing that I think that's kind of the, the hope that not, I, I wouldn't even call it so much a secret hope. I think it's the, the very open hope of big 10 fans all around. And, you know, like any team, you know, like North of the Mason Dixon line. All right, come up here. I, you know, like you, you guys, we always travel down to you for bowl games. Come up here in December when it's not necessarily snowing, but it's cold. And you know, let's see how you guys do, because. You know, a few years ago, Wisconsin throttled Miami in a bowl game. I mean, like Miami looked like there was anywhere that they wanted to be except at that bowl game because it was cold and it was miserable and it's like, that's all they, cons- that's all they cared about. Yeah. I just think that that'll be great for college football when that, when that comes to pass.
0: Yeah. All right, Chip, before we get out of here, uh, just wanted to touch on the restoration, apparently of the Glenville pipeline. Now you and I are not big recruit Nick types. I mean, we have plenty of good shows at land grant Holy land that talk about recruiting, but I thought this was something worth mentioning because the Glenville pipeline is something that has been, uh, has been shut off, uh, in recent years, but, uh, it is back with a couple of, of key recruits, uh, announcing that they're coming to Ohio state. What are your thoughts on the Glenville pipeline? Is it important? Oh, absolutely. I, I think, Let's let's be fair to um
1: you know, like the the young men, um Bryce West, who's a cornerback, um, listed it, you know, like in terms of you know, 5'11, 177 pounds. Um, and his teammate, Demarian Witten, is a tight end, six listed six four, two fifteen. Um, when I say let's be fair to them is that obviously they know the tradition, you know, like in terms of that Glenville pipeline that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um you know, like you know, so I don't want to put um, added pressure on them, but I think it's 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 great for Ohio State the fact that okay that they've maintained um, a good relationship with the with the coaching staff at Glenville, the fact that they were able to encourage and successfully recruit both of these young men for the twenty twenty four recruiting class and i think this needs to be said is that like you i mean you kind of alluded to it like we're not we're not on the recruiting side of it when it comes to for this podcast mm-hmm. but michigan felt very very confident and comfortable coming into cleveland glenville and actively recruiting against ohio state trying to encourage these guys to come up to michigan the fact that ohio state was able to to keep the successful you know players um from Glenville, you know, from from going to that team up north, that's always that's always the thing that is, you know, like that's the galling thing is like when whenever Ohio State loses a kid from the state of Ohio, you're always thinking, you know, what did Ohio State do wrong? Or mm-hmm. how could they possibly lose this this guy? Um, the fact that they were able to keep Bryce West, uh Demarion Witten both playing for Ohio State, I think that is very exciting and you know we'll we'll see you know where their where their football careers take them again, you know, like we're six months, less than six months from uh, early signing. um you know, so we'll see you know like but uh Bryce West and and Witten are definitely, you know, I think worthwhile discussion topics.
0: Yeah, we'll see if they can uh, keep these verbals to to their uh to their commitments that both four stars. Uh, And they joined former uh, Glenville four-star Arvell Reese uh, signing with the Buckeyes for 2023. And it's, it had been what, seven years since 2016, Mm -hmm. since there was a Glenville uh, product that uh, took the field for Ohio state.
1: Well, that's, I mean, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's just one of these things where I think, you know, obviously, you know, you want to keep the line of communication open, um, by the same token, if you don't have a player who is, okay, up to Ohio State caliber, you can't really, you know, alright you're 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 doing a disservice to the kid, um, you know, like bringing him into a, a, an environment where they may not necessarily be successful. Um, you know, so, you know, the fact that, like you said, Arvel Reese, and I've heard nothing but glowing reviews about, you know, the, the fact that he's the kind of, you know, player he can he could he could grow into a defensive end. He's I think he's he's targeted for linebacker. Um, you know, like that kind of athletic ability, you know, like to to be that disruptive on the defensive side of the ball. Bryce West is considered, if not the best defensive backs. Um, you know, like, you know, like one the the best defensive back in the country, one of the best defensive backs. Um I believe he's the top rated player in the state of Ohio. And that still means a lot. I mean, you know, when you're talking about Ohio State, keeping the top player in the state of Ohio to play for the Buckeyes. And as far as Damarian Witten goes, the fact that, okay, I, I mentioned, you know, he's he's listed at 6'4", 215. So is he ready to come in next year and contribute? Probably not. But, you know, that's the kind of thing where, like, what if he enrolls early? What if he, you know, in terms of, like, the 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 role of the tight end that maybe – Maybe he's going to be more of that receiving tight end, and he doesn't necessarily have to bulk up in the way that we've traditionally seen Ohio State tight ends be used. Mm -hmm. So it's exciting. It, It really is exciting that Ohio State has, you know, looking at their current recruits, the fact that they've really focused in on the state of Ohio and identified the top players within the state and are doing their very best to keep those players from going elsewhere.
0: Yeah, and it should be mentioned that the Tar blooders don't always have the greatest track record when they get to Ohio State. There've been some great ones. There've been some ones that have been utterly forgettable. Uh, kind of like any anything else, anything to do in recruiting. You're you know you're going to hit some. You're going to you're going to miss some. But uh, obviously, guys like Troy Smith, Ted Ginn Jr., Dante Whitner, Marshawn Lattimore, Cardale Jones. These are all guys who left their mark at Ohio State. And, uh, and then there were some guys that didn't quite work out the way we thought they were like, it would like uh, an Eric Smith or a Marcellus Jones or, um, who's the last one? Curtis Henry.
1: Right. Right. I mean, it's like you said, recruiting, I, I mean, not, I'm not trying to, to be you know dismissive of, of this is that, you know, I know that you're a, an NFL guy as well and. There are so and you're like when you think about like the NFL draft, um, I don't care. You know if you're talking about you know, and I'm I'm speaking from the perspective as a lifelong Cleveland Browns fan. Um, so many, you know, when it comes to misses, where you're thinking, how could you possibly pick this guy versus somebody else? Well, you know, when you when you look at it from a from a recruiting perspective, okay, you're going back four or five years. You know, like you're you're thinking about okay like okay where this where this player is at the age of 17 18 and you're thinking okay well what, what they can do to develop them um so yeah it's like yeah ohio state is not immune to sometimes missing on recruits in terms of them not necessarily turning into superstars not not everyone can be but i think the the track record of ohio state with glenville the fact that they were able to get these two very highly tied, touted, highly recruited players to commit to Ohio State, I think it, it's definitely worth getting excited about.
0: Yeah, well, it's uh, that's what I like to see is these these great programs for all over, from all over the state of Ohio. You still watch high school football in the state of Ohio. These, these top programs should be feeding into Ohio State. That's just the way it should be.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the kind of thing where, you know, Let's face it. You know, when it comes to, um, you know, a lot of the you know Ohio State players. You know, you and I have been doing this for a long time, and we've we've been Ohio State fans for a long time. Um, you know, long like the idea time. that <laughs> the idea that okay, well, you know, Ohio State um, has their can can just nat- naturally like pick and choose from from within the state of Ohio. I think. Yeah, you know, by and large, you know, like there's there's some truth to that, you know, like I think that um a lot of the the, the guys that grow up in Ohio, you know, dream of, of playing for Ohio State and Ohio State, especially with this upcoming 2024 class, um they've really really focused in on Ohio talent. Um but they still have to do the work. You know what I mean? Like they mm-hmm. still have to they they can't take it for granted like, okay, just because they're from the state of Ohio that everyone that they'll absolutely they'll they'll absolutely positively leap at the opportunity to play for Ohio State. The Buckeyes have been really really good at aggressively recruiting and and targeting the the players that they believe can and should play for Ohio State and so far, I mean it's 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 really impressive a uh, number of different players beyond even the Glenville program that have given their verbal commitments for Ohio State for 2024.
0: Yeah, this is a national recruiting program. It they're looking for the best of the best and it's not enough to be talented. You have to have the right attitude, the right willingness to do the right things and and you need to fit the system. So there's all kinds of things that go into that and and too many things for you and I to keep up with on a weekly basis.
1: It it's well, especially considering it's right now I mean, we're we're smack dab in the middle of the football recruiting camps. So, mm-hmm. you know, who's visiting and and who's Committing or decommitting, and you know rumors of this, and, and and again, like when we talk about recruiting, it's usually okay after they've after they put their they they've signed their name on the line that is dotted, okay. Like that's when I feel comfortable talking about it, and even then, it's kind of like okay until we actually see them perform, e- even in spring ball, which is a limited, you know, sample size. Yeah, you really you really don't know until you actually you know kind of get a feel you know, for, you know, what you've got. I mean, I completely outside of the scope of the state of Ohio, let's face it, Marvin Harrison Jr., not from the state of Ohio, um, was considered, all right, you know, like, oh, you know, like, that's exciting. Like, Marvin Harrison's son is, is going to come play for Ohio State. Well, everyone was extremely excited about the fact that Kyle McCord, who was high, highly rated, higher rated than than Marvin Harrison Jr., was coming as the quarterback, and it was kind of like, okay, like that's great. Like he has this, you know, like wide receiver who's got you know <laughs> tremendous name recognition. And then the whispers, and you know, like, oh, Marvin Harrison Jr. is really turning heads in spring ball, even even with a very strong spring ball performance as a true freshman, he didn't play a ton as a true freshman. It was at the mm-hmm. tail end, at the tail end of that year in the Rose Bowl that all of a sudden he started making you know, catches and performed at such a high level that had Ohio state fans like you and I so excited for 2022. And, and as everyone saw, you know, it was, it was completely justified.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right, Chip, I think we're going to put a bow on our June episode of the silver All Bullet right. podcast, unless you got something else on your mind that you want to talk about.
1: No, I, like I said, I mean, keep your eyes and ears open for, uh, and you know, I, I just alluded to it, you know, in terms of, you know, uh, possible verbal commitments for the, you know, for the upcoming 2024 recruiting class. Um, I wouldn't anticipate any more, you know, kickoffs being announced.
0: Um, you know, but, you know, stranger things have happened. Mm -hmm. Indeed. All right, Chip, remind folks where they can find you on the internet. I can be found
1: like Michael, I can be found at land grant, Holy land, look for, um, a weekly article. That will be dropping around 12 p.m. Eastern time. Uh the topics vary. Um, you know, we basically are, are covering a wide range of subjects um over these summer months just to try and get us, you know, as as Michael said, you know, from the off season into you know, talking about like the the current uh you know goings on once once the once uh fall camp begins. Um but Look for articles around 12 p.m. Eastern on Friday on Land Grant Holy Land. And I'm also an occasional contributor to Athlon Sports as well. I can be found on Twitter at Chip Minnick. Last name is spelled M-I-N-N-I-C-H.
0: All right. You can find the Silver Bullets podcast on Twitter at Silver Bullets Pod. No E. S-I-L-V-R Bullets Pod. So no E in the silver uh, you can find me at Mike36Fan, and I write for Land Grant Holy Land as well. And my stories just generally drop about lunchtime on Mondays as we are in our theme weeks. We are coming up on, well, by the time you get this podcast, we will be in the midst of our uh, Broken Records theme week. And I've got an article coming out. Uh, it will be out by the time this podcast drops. It came out Monday. You can check it out there at Land Grant Holy Land. About the fact that I do not believe Archie Griffin's career rushing record at Ohio State will ever be beaten.
1: That I would I would strongly concur with that. I I, I can't see that one ever, ever being broken. I, I'm anxious to I'm anxious to read what I I have no doubt is a well reasoned, well thought out rationale for your article. But I I have a strong suspicion as to kind of some some very good reasons as to why
0: Archie Griffin's record will, will be secure. Well, I appreciate you giving me a lot of credit for reasoning (laughs) it out and everything, but yeah. um, Yeah. So I I hope you read it. I hope you enjoy it. I hope you provide feedback in the comments section. Uh, We'd love to hear from you. Uh, If you have anything you want Chip and I to discuss on the show, if you have a question you want us to answer on the air, uh, anything Ohio state related will be fine. Um, or if you just want to give us some, some food for thought, maybe a topic that we had not, hadn't thought of that we hadn't addressed, uh, write to us, please at silverbulletspod at gmail.com. And in the email address, you do use the E in silver. So I know it's confusing, but, uh, that's because, uh, we are limited in characters on Twitter, but silver bullets pod, the correct spelling, uh, at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. That's going to do it for our June episode. We'll be back in July. And of course, then we'll be back in uh, in August with a weekly show as we prepare for the season to come. We will do our our East and West breakdowns as best we can, as we normally do.
1: <laughs> I'm just shaking my head because uh, that I can only hope. And I, I'm just speaking for myself. I don't want to. I don't want to indict you. I, I will indict myself. Okay, the last year of East and West, I, I can only hope we're 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 solid on the east. I can only hope
0: <laughs>
1: better for the west uh, in terms of the prognostication, but I'm not I'm not holding my breath.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, in our defense, who would have ever known that nobody wanted to win the west last year?
1: That's right. That's Illinois, true. you have only yourselves to
0: blame. <laughs> All <laughs> right, that's going to do it for this episode of the Silver Bullets podcast. Thank you for listening. Check us out on Twitter. Write to us. We appreciate it. And of course, always as always, Uh, wherever you get this podcast, please rate and review us honestly. And, um, you know, we, we would love to, uh, to reach more uh, people who are searching for Ohio state podcasts. So that's always a big help to, uh, to mess with the algorithm. Uh, You have to, you have to obey the algorithm, I guess, (laughs) is how you do it. So, uh, so rate and review us, make sure you're downloading and, uh, and share it with a friend. Um, That'll do it. We will be back next month the only thing for us left to do in this episode is what we always do at the end chip and that is to say go bucks go bucks